You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to give you a quick announcement about a two-day intensive that Cindy is hosting in Tampa, Florida on September 16th and 17th. Are you an entrepreneur who is looking for spiritual and professional guidance from an experienced faith-based coach? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but aren't sure where to start? Do you have big goals, but need help developing a strategic plan? This class could be the catalyst for a lifestyle shift that will affect every area of your life, including your family, your business, and most importantly, increasing your experience of oneness with God. Spots for this event are limited and early bird pricing starts June 1st. You'll want to go to cindy-stewart.com to get more information and get registered for this event today. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. We're going to talk about how Encounter activates our commissioning. Um, I was in Texas last week uh, in Houston. I did I taped the second season of my show, uh, Cindy Stewart Live, and it was a lot of fun. I will tell you that uh, when you fly in and do six TV shows one day and four the next day, you fly home tired. <laughs> and part of it is because your mind is so locked, you know, for 30 minutes, you do one type of show and then 30 minutes, you do another type of show. And then 30 minutes, you have three interviews and, you know, your mind is just, just busy. It's just busy. So it takes a couple of days to wear down from that. But, um, you know, the cool thing about it was I get to meet such incredible people that I don't know. And I get to hear about what they're doing. I'm going to share a little bit. They'll be popping up. You can subscribe to the YouTube or whatever, um, uh, Cindy Stewart Live. But I'm going to share a little bit because what, what I know is that when we hear what other people are doing, it opens us up to possibilities for ourselves. number one. Number two, it opens us up to a move of God that's happening in that moment. And number three, it gives us the ability to say, Lord, the anointing that they're carrying, I want to put my hand out for it. Um, so it's, it's really very interesting as, as we began to, you know, uh, as I hear and I bring it back, what's going to happen is it will stir it up within our body that the things that we're supposed to pick up. So one of the people I interviewed, his name is Troy Brewer. He is out of Dallas, Texas. I'd met him about a year ago, just briefly at a uh, ministry thing. And when I started preparing for my next season, the Lord gave me several names to call and say, you know, I want to interview you. So he was one of them. And I didn't actually have his phone number. I, didn't, I really didn't have any information. So I called a friend of mine that knew him pretty well. And um, he's a busy man. It's hard to, you know, get that nailed down. But we got that nailed down and I was able to spend some time with him. But the interesting thing about him, and I just want to share a little bit of, of his, his 
encounter that's sending him on this commission. Uh, him and his wife have a church, Leanne, I have a church in Dallas called uh, Open Door Experience. It's, it's, very, uh, it's very much uh, community-driven. They have, uh, they feed, they feed every week, you know, very much community driven. And what's interesting, they also have a ministry and a passion to rescue children from trafficking. And he shared a story with me that was just so profound. And, you know, based on what Gene had shared with us this morning, I felt like it was so appropriate, even though I didn't know he was going to share that with us, but God did. But it was so profound. He was coming back from a conference in Georgia, and he, I think they stayed in Florida overnight, and he had a dream. And he dreamed he should go to Columbia, where their, one of their houses are for rescue, uh, that he should go there. And the dream was so strong on him. He told his wife about it. They prayed about it. And she said, you need to go. And it was like a quick, like he had to leave pretty close immediately to go in there. And um, God just worked everything out. But when he got there, there was a young girl who was nine years old and she had been trafficked. Nine years old. I know, you know, we hear these stories. We know people that work in trafficking. We, I've got several friends that do this. But um, you can't fathom nine years old being trafficked. And, you know, they're trafficked much younger than that, too. But nine years old, they, they'd gotten her about a month ago. And she was mute. She hadn't said a word. And he got down to the house. And uh, as soon as he saw her, he just knew that that was the girl. And I think he says in that particular house, they have 80 children in there. And, um, and that's just barely touches the surface. Because I know, you know, you guys know that we're part, we do a lot with Patricia King Ministries. She has a big one. She has several in uh, Asia, in the Mideastern countries. I mean, in the Asian countries where they do the same thing. But anyhow, he sees her and he looks at her and he says, Papa Troy loves you. And he says, she looks down, she looks at him, she looks down, she looks at him, and she comes running into his arms. Now, he, she hasn't had anything to do with anyone. She, he said that when people would get close to her, she would scream. And he holds her and, you know, is just kind of praying over her, just holding her. And uh, he whispers in her ear, it's okay to speak. You can talk now. And she gets down. And she begins to talk. It's like God does this healing in that moment that, that provides her that release to be able to speak. And he says she hadn't quit talking since. Yeah. <laughs> but even in just sharing this, thinking about, okay, so the impact that we're having as the kingdom of God on this world is big. And it's far-reaching. And this nine-year-old, you know, this one person is transformed in, in, in this immediacy of the touch of God to change the trajectory of her whole life. And that's just one story. And there's many, across, you know, there's many more stories to come of those. Uh, but, uh, you know, knowing that he, when I was talking to him, and you'll see the interview, some of it is on my Facebook page because they did a, a, a clip of some of it. But he said, the, the next thing I'm going after uh, is pornography. 
He said that has so overtaken the hearts of people, God's people. It's, it's a struggle in the, in the body of Christ. He said, that's what I'm going after next. That's what I'm going after next. So these encounters, this dream sent him on a journey that set a girl free for the kingdom and for her future and her destiny to, to go forward. And, and like I said, that's just one story. He, ha, he had tons of them. But uh, I want to encourage us all that we've all had that opportunity to encounter God. And if you haven't, then come up afterwards and we will pray over you. But uh, even, even this morning, we encountered God this morning. But those encounters with God set us on a trajectory of our commissioning of what, what is inside of us. And I'm going to read a little scripture and I'm going to share a couple other stories of the people I interview. But we're going to read a little bit out of Exodus in Exodus 3 because uh, I was listening. To, uh, if you go on YouTube, uh, Matt is on there. Matt Vines is on there and he's sharing his testimony and he's talking about this encounter that he had with God when someone prayed over him that completely broke open a freedom for him and an ability to begin to walk in the destiny that God has called him into. We all have those testimonies. Each one of us has something within us that God has called us to do. That is our signature sound. That's that. That's what we talk about all the time. We, we talk about it, whether it's something we do in business, whether we get paid for it, whether we don't get paid for it, it's what we do. And when we think about it, our whole life is, is wrapped around this, this, this thing that God has put in us that we cannot contain. We cannot keep from talking about it. We cannot keep from, you know, doing it. Uh, one of the people I, I interviewed was Kezia Alford, and she is, um, she's real funny. She's, she's from Georgia, and so I'm from Georgia. So, you know, when you listen to the interview, you'll hear a whole new accent. Because when I get around Georgia people, all of a sudden, I'm just so Southern. <laughs> so between her and I, you know, we, uh, hopefully people won't need an interpreter to understand what we're saying. But, you know, she... She, uh, it, her and her husband have a church, but she has such a passion for worship. And when I first met her many years ago, she talked about that she started learning how to play the guitar because she loved to sing. And many times she couldn't find anybody to accompany her. So she's like, I'm not going to re be restrained. I'm going to expand so that I can do what burns inside of me. And now she, when she was 26, she started, she was just like, I'm going to be a recording artist. And she is. And she was nominated for uh, on part of the Dove Awards. She's been to the uh, uh, Ryman Theater up in Nashville. She's, she's going to go on tour. I mean, she just decided, I am going to exalt the name of Jesus on vinyls, and her very first single was called Mississippi Tales because she's originally from Mississippi, and it was about that journey of coming out of Mississippi, and it, it, it was a country crossover. You know, 26, she decides, I'm going to be a recording artist, and God's like, let's do this. 
And he provided just the right people. She said, I ended up calling some producer in Nashville. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, this, this, but her sound is the sound of the Lord in, in a, in a whole different way that we might not have heard before. And she said, she really liked to do it all herself. You know, she'd write her own music. She'd do all this. She said, but and her last, her last album, which is self-titled, it's called Kezia. And you can look it up and listen to some of it on YouTube, on her Facebook page. But she said, I decided to collaborate with other people and have other people come in, psalmists, uh, artists, musicians. And she said, when I did that, what happened was it broke open the invitation from other people for me to go and collaborate with them. She said, when I opened myself up, to something that was completely out of my norm, completely out of what I was comfortable with, it opened up the gates of God to use me in places that I never thought I would be. So, I mean, think about this word that was given this morning about uh, we are not going to even understand or believe or comprehend. We can't even dream of what God is doing for us and about to do for us. And uh, like I said, let's look at Moses for a few minutes because, I mean, if we look through the Bible, there are so many people in the Bible. It shows us how they've encountered God. They were commissioned for their future. But I just chose Moses. I just kept thinking about him. So verse one, it says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire from the midst of the bush. I would love a little flame. Come on, Lord. You know, sometimes when I read the word, I'm like, that would be okay. You do it right here in my living room, right here. It's okay. You know, whatever that looks like. I mean, I, I am so, I'm so yes on that. Um, in the midst of the bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him to himself from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, you know, when we encounter God, we got to turn to it. We got to turn to it. So many times when we have, when God brushes by us, it's in seconds, it's in a fleeting moment. And we have the choice. We're either going to turn in to what we believe is God, or we're going to turn away and say, it must be my mind. And when we turn away, we miss the, the continuation of what God wants to do in the time he's capturing your attention. Even when I shared at the beginning of service, I know some of you weren't here yet, but when God did that, you know, shafts of light for me the other morning, um, uh, like I said, I tried to take a picture of it. I tried to do all kinds of things. You know, I wanted to hold on to it and possess it. But um, this Sunday, Saturday morning and Sunday morning, I kept looking to see if there was more, more shafts of light. No, it was for Friday. And that was my encounter for him were shafts of light in my kitchen, shafts of light in my office. And the word was, and I'm going to read it again because I just feel like I should, was out of Habakkuk 3. Because we have to grab a hold of what God is showing us. We have to say, I don't understand this, Lord. But if you're showing it to me, then you've got more to give me. Yeah, if I could find it. I know Habakkuk's back here somewhere. 
You know, when I was a little kid, I could sing the verses of the Bible. But now with iPads and digital and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, huh. <laughs> and for me to find it, I'd have to go, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. <laughs> it might take us a while. So Exodus 3, I mean, I'm sorry, Habakkuk 3, verse 4, it says, His brightness was like the light. He had rays flashing from his hand, and there was power, and there his power was hidden. You know, God hides things from us for us to find. But then he displays things to us for us to grab a hold. And that grabbing a hold sometimes is a hard thing because we're taught that that must just be me. We're taught that that was too quick. It couldn't possibly be God. But what God's trying to teach us, and he even said, as Moses turned, he's teaching us when you feel the breath of God over you, whether it's a little flash of light. Like I said, when I tried to take a picture of it, I couldn't see the shafts. All I could see was this little blue dot jumping all over my, the camera. So I took a picture of that. And I have it. I have a little picture of the you know, little blue dot. But it wasn't the same as the shafts of light. I don't know. Anyhow, I've got nothing, I've got nothing on that. But, you know, sometimes when God is trying to grab our attention, he doesn't linger for hours. He comes in a flash. And part of that coming in the flash is because he's trying to teach us to be ready for him no matter where we are, no matter what's going on. It's like suddenly I see God moving. I see God moving. He's training us for his move in the very moment. Anyhow. And Moses says to hear him, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals, take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. And he goes on to tell Moses, this is why I'm here. This is why I've come to you. Verse seven. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and I will bring them up from the land, from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Pezzarites, and the Hivites, and the Jesuits, all the bites. You know, there is a whole teaching how those, all the ites, have a, uh, they carry a demonic understanding. So if you're encountering a certain ite, you're, you'll know how to come against it to be released from it. And I'm not going to teach that this morning. I am not prepared to teach that this morning. I just thought I would drop that and you can talk to Pastor Karen about it because she does. She does teach it. So, but we won't have you teach it this morning either. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. Verse nine, it says, so now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel have come to me and I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. His commissioning was to be a deliverer to the people of Egypt. 
I mean, to the people of Israel, to get them out by confronting Pharaoh because he had Pharaoh, he had favor in Pharaoh's house because he, he grew up there. Sometimes we have favor from our past because we understand the culture of it. And many times God will use the commissioning he's given us to go to the people that we are familiar with. You know, he's not sending me to Kings because I didn't grow up to in a King's house. It doesn't mean he won't. It doesn't mean he can't. But I'm sent to people, even as he said to Ezekiel, you'll go to people who are familiar. You're familiar with their language. So when you talk to them, they won't be, what is she talking about? They'll be, I am familiar with that. I can understand. I may not agree. I may not say yes to it, but I understand what she's saying. You know, God sends you where people can hear you. And because many times we have experience in what they're going through. And we're able to pour out what God has done for us or what the answer that the Lord has for them or what the word says because we can relate to where they are. And Moses was sent to both, to Pharaoh, because he could relate to that, and to his own people, and became the deliverer for them. And I love this when, uh, uh, you know, Moses struggles with his calling. Have you ever struggled with your calling? Have you ever said, you know, God, that is awesome, but maybe that's not for me? I have, uh, I, you know, sometimes we try to project what God's called us to do unto other people. I think you should do that. I remember the first time he called me to do a worship service. I, I told the pastor I was under, I said, I, I think maybe you should do that. God gave me a word for you to do. I did because I couldn't even imagine doing it. So I was like, I'm sure this word is for you. He's like, no, not my calling. Not my anointing. You know, when God anoints us, calls us and commissions us to do something, you can't give it to someone else because nobody else can do it but you. It doesn't mean you can't raise people up. But when it's your call, it's not something you can delegate. Verse 13. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And they would know when he said that they would know that because that was what was said to Abraham, that I am. So that would be something if you went up to somebody today and said, oh, yeah, let me just tell you about God. And he says, just to tell you, I am who I say I am. They'd be like, what? So God's going to give you the familiar, what they can understand, whether it's the father, whether it's the savior, whether I am the one who loves you. Just like Troy said to that girl, Papa Troy loves you. He did, she didn't, she couldn't really, I don't know this, but I would, I would conjecture that she probably wouldn't have caught it if he said Papa God loves you but he's standing there representing the love of the father 
and is able to connect her to the father by extending that love to her. I am who I am. And he said, thus you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And verse 15 says, moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. And then he has them go and gather the elders. And you know what I love about this is Moses is a reluctant participant. He can't imagine how this would work. He can't imagine even doing this. He's been in the wilderness for years, 40 years, tending sheep. And next thing you know, it's this suddenly he goes from the wilderness and the sheep to the battlefield with Pharaoh in order to rescue Israel. And he battles with a rod. That's what he has. The word of the Lord and the rod. That's what he battles with. I always, I always find that such an interesting picture. You go before Pharaoh, and you've got the word of the Lord and a rod. But then the power comes behind the rod. The power comes with it. When God anoints us and he commissions us, he calls us, he sends us out. He sends us out fully equipped with whatever we need to do. Fully equipped. Um, one, other, one of the other people I interviewed was uh, Jamie Lee Land Walnow, and she is uh, uh, really just an awesome person. And, uh, but she has this call for holiness. She wrote a book called Holy Revolution, and she's probably... 33, maybe 30, because she had an encounter with God that burned holiness in her in that encounter. And when she came out of that, that's all she could think of is my generation has got to be a holy generation. So her message everywhere she goes is that we are called to be a holy generation no matter how old we are or how young we are. But she's called to the 30-something, the 20-something, the 40-something to call them back into holiness to help usher in the next generation. And can you imagine that anointing being dropped on you where that's all you can talk about is holiness? That's all you can talk about. Most people can't even understand holiness. But that is her signature sound. That is the sound that God has given her to declare holiness, to release holiness. To uh, She has a little, uh, another a secondary ministry called Set Apart Women, where she brings women together who want to be set apart in holiness. And that's her mandate is holiness. And to hear her talk about everything she does exudes this holiness. She's real creative, does a lot of designing and, and artistic stuff. And you can just, you know how something is just drenched with the presence of God? It's like everything she touches is drenched with the holiness of God. Very, very interesting.
So as we go through this process of uh, meeting all these different people, we'll, we'll probably end up having some different people come to our place uh, just out of building new relationships. We will get the splash over of what they carry. Because when we hear the testimonies of what is happening, it will stir something up in us. And maybe not all of us will go after trafficking of children. Maybe not all of us will go after, you know, creative and, and doing a holiness message everywhere we go. But it may stir up that longing to partnership with the trafficking. It may stir up that internal check of how is my holiness because it just pours out over us. As with Moses, uh, I wanted to read this one little part because this is what I love. You know, he goes and God tells him what's going to happen. And he, you know, he's given a rod and all these different things. And, but in, um, uh, it's in verse 20 and we're going to read the last part of this. It says, so I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst. And after that, he will let you go. So God already declared to him, you're going to go and I'm going to be with you and signs and wonders are going to follow and the enemy will be defeated and the people will be let go because you went. So think about that because you go, God is going to manifest so you will have success in what he's called you to do. Moses knew ahead of time he would have the victory. Now, in the midst of it, did it feel very victorious? Sometimes it doesn't. But God had already seeded inside of him that he was going to be victorious. He was going to be victorious. And not only that, it says, verse 21, and I will give the people favor in the sight of the enemy, inside of the Egypt, Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty handed. So not only is the enemy is God telling us we will be victorious in the calling that he's given us that we don't know what it is because Gene told us it's going to come and we don't know. But not only will we be victorious, but we will go with plenty. The enemy will be defeated. We will get a, a uh, bounty from that. And we will go forward without any lack. And I like this part the best. Verse 21. But every woman. Okay, women. Every woman, right? Every woman shall ask her neighbor, namely, uh, of her who dwells near her, for articles of silver, of gold, of clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. The enemy shall be plundered. The women will gather all the spoils for the sons and daughters. That was just a little funny. I like that part. But this is the impartation for today. Know that as you've encountered God, as you go and encounter God, there will be a commissioning that comes with it. And with that will become the plan of success in it, even though you may not know the details of the plan. So you will go commissioned with success and victory and a plunder to go with it. The enemy will be.
be defeated at the work of your hand because God has power, signs, and wonders to go with you. Amen? Yeah. You look like you're going to say something. You're going to say something? Okay. He's on the edge of his seat. <laughs> you know, with a prophet, you never know. They may just pop up. And... So let's stand. I'm going to pray over us because God has oh, such an amazing future for us. So, Lord, we just thank you that... Uh, you have an amazing future for us. Your word even says that you've come to give us a hope and a future. But even this fresh word out of Exodus, that's thousands of years old, but is alive and fresh for us today, knowing that we are commissioned to go. And in that commissioning, where we face the enemy, he will be defeated. And the people you send us to will recognize the language of the Lord that we're releasing. And not only will we walk in victory, but we'll walk in plunder as we take territory in this new season. So God, thank you. And we just say, yes, we're going to take that territory. We're going to plunder the enemy. We're going to speak the words that you give us. And we're going to go forth and know that there is victory in sight in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.